What's going on, guys? Welcome into episode 28 of the Johnny Rombos podcast. Today, me and Hunt Dad are back in the booth. We're going to talk about a lot of good things. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about our sponsors today. We're in Pine Point Clothing. is a great sponsor. You go to pinepoint.clothing.com right now to get all your clothes. And then we'd like to thank Coastal Current Clothing, who's also another great sponsor. With a, with a final big shout-out to Monster Subs in downtown Greenville. PJ, he's a great owner. You want to go on Coffee Street, get a Monster Sub. It's the best sub you can have. Very, very high quality. We have a great show for you today, fellas, ladies, whoever's listening. As always, it's going to be electric. The first week of college football is coming up. My cousin's got a little music update. My cousin, he's now playing music, and we're going to play you a little bit of his music on the podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. Go check out Burt Ferguson on YouTube right now. And saddle up. What's going on, guys? Episode 28, coming to you live from Hunt Dad and I. Um, so every time we've done a podcast the past six months, it's been welcome back, we're back, or we've been on a long hiatus. Yeah. Uh, we're both back in school now, and we're both living back in Clemson. So I think this time we're actually going to continually produce podcasts, but for a long time we were contentless. Yeah, we are still alive for those who are truly worried about us. And I, I know there were some of you out there that were worried about us, but yeah, we're still alive and well and we're going to be bringing you fire content every week. Every week. I mean, it's 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 coming yeah. back. Uh, essentially we are back, but we said that 6 months in a row. Yeah. So, it, it's tough to believe, guys. Bi-monthly. Bi-monthly we've said we're back and then 2 yeah. months we go by and we're not, but we're it's, back here for y'all. We're back here so, for good. Yeah, and we're we're glad to be back. You know, I, I oh, love yeah. doing the Jarvis podcast in the studio. Shout out to our one-time investor who brought us all the equipment. Yang, yang. And we are equipped up with a great podcast equipment. Hell yeah. So, uh, before we get into the topics today, we I want to do a little bit of a life update. Uh, it's been a while, like we said. Uh, I've actually lived two lives. My uh, my real name is Graham Farrell. Uh, John Rombos is an alter ego, and I would, I would yeah, I would say ninety nine percent of listeners actually knew that. <laughs> there are listeners out there who who probably did not know my name is really Graham Farrell. Uh, I attend Clemson University, yep. and I am now interning for Tiger Illustrated. Yeah, which I'm really excited about. I've got the pleasure to interview Davo Sweeney. Uh, you know, talk to C J Spiller, Tavian Feaster. You know, Kelly Bryan, I've gotten the opportunity to basically talk to the entire Clemson staff, the football team, some of the Clemson greats. Uh, you know, Larry Williams and Paul Strilo and Chris Ard over at Tiger Illustrated gave me the opportunity to work with them this season, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, also, press box seats for every game, which is pretty cool. And, Hunt, Dad, I know you're in the box, so you're probably a little bit cooler than hey, me. Man. But Yeah, I mean, 
are you done with your name dropping spree or uh can we uh no nah, but I, we're, i'm really happy for him uh it, it's it's an awesome opportunity nobody deserves it more so working with him firsthand i can tell i mean and everybody who's listening can tell i mean he's got talent and he deserves this opportunity so yeah, that means a lot man thank you i have yeah. I, I would say in the past 18 months i've put in a lot of hard work with the podcast i've written a lot uh, you know, I've done a lot of things to to further kind of want to pursue my dream in a sports career, and I still haven't decided what I really, really want to do. If it's sports or if it's going to sales somewhere, I don't really know what I want to do, but I, I just know that I love, the, you know, doing this, and now I get to cover Clemson, my, you know, my, yep. the football team I grew up loving, the, my dad played for. It's, it's been a really Absolutely. cool opportunity. Both of our dads yeah. play for Clemson, if you guys didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, we're just, uh, we're all real happy for old Graham. Not Johnny. No, no more slip ups. You yeah. can call me Graham. You can call yeah. me whatever. You can call me whatever you, you don't want. Know how, you guys don't know how many time, uh, take twos we've had to do because I've slipped up and called him Graham. We've had to start over. This is a really. This is like coming out of the closet for me. Yeah. This is coming out. This is yeah. Graham. You know, secretly sneaking out. Yeah. Well. It's. I'm no longer living an ulterior life on Twitter. <laughs> I'm who I am as a person. It's good. And now people, you know, I talked about it on a radio show I did the other day. People keep calling me Brad Pitt and Shane Tatum, but I just want to be known as Graham Farrell. Yeah. That's all I want to be known as. Yeah. I don't want to be known as anybody more. Man, so strong, so just, so powerful. Just a humble kid from, yeah. from Simpsonville, South Carolina. From York County. For transitive property, York, York County. <laughs> okay. So on the show today, we are going to talk a little bit about the Clemson situation with the starting quarterbacks, their upcoming season. I do cover Clemson now, so I kind of, we have to, and we're both Clemson students, so we're going to yeah. talk about Clemson extensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, playoff predictions, the games the first week. We're talking about the greatest voices in sports. And there's so many of them that have just, you know, iconic sports moments that you can just go back to and you'll kind of be like, man, that vo- that guy's voice yeah. is what really got me right. Then we're going to talk a little bit about the Teddy Bridgewater news. Teddy to New Orleans. Uh, the UFC, big fight coming up in two weeks. Darren Tilvers, Tyron Woodley. Our favorite fantasy players over the years. Recent, old, new, doesn't matter. Just guys you fell in love with through fantasy football. Because I know we've all done it. Our complaint of the week, as always. And then we're going to finish with the Real Brother Hall of Fame segment. Which, to me, is amazing. I'm also going to provide you guys to, you know, the link to my cousin's new music. I seriously, I, I vouch for him. I think his new music is absolutely amazing. I, I made Hunt Dad listen to he's it. He's got talent. He, he's talented, and he's releasing an EP on SoundCloud here in the next couple of weeks, which I'm helping him with. And it's, it's going to be awesome. I'm really absolutely. excited about it. Absolutely. What else I'm excited about, though, is the Clemson football season. And Man, I, football is back. F- f- tomorrow. Longest offseason ever. Yeah. In preseason games, they're fun for about – a week. Yeah. You know, they get old so quick they don't matter. Nobody good plays. It's just, it's so hard to get invested in a preseason game. I mean, I can't even gamble on a preseason Unless game. it's whoever's on hard knocks. Like, yeah, okay. You get invested yeah. in those games, but other than that, I mean, in reality, who gives a shit, you know? Yeah, and I'm all in on the hard knocks investment. I mean, yeah. I, I watch hard knocks every single season. Yep. Whoever team plays, you're cheering for them. But I think the hard knocks curse is real. I'm not sure a team that's ever been on hard knocks has come out better on the other end yeah i think it's like yeah. a reverse effect i don't think they've ever progressed the season after yeah i don't i don't know I, I, browns are going to be the uh, browns are going to win more than zero games they're going to at least i win think a game. they will too yeah so i think uh, there's no way to go but up but i don't think they make a big as big a jump as people think they will i just I, i'm just not a tyrod believer yet you know we've seen him play tarod. we've seen him tarod. Oh, yeah, his, his real name as he said on the show is tarod <laughs> yeah uh which he's completely bait a move to let people call you Tyrod your entire that, career. That is so underrated, right? He there. has literally let yeah. people call him 
Tyrod his entire career, and his name is Ty- Tyrod. He's waited. I mean, how long has he been in the league? Like he's a seven year, yeah, eight year guy. Yeah. And not in only, college. Not only that, in his college career as well. Like he's just let it go by the wayside until he get, until he gets his moment on Hard Knocks to say, "Oh yeah, by the way, I pronounce my name Tyrod." I'm and it's like, like we're like, what? Your mom? He's like, well, my mom always said Tyrod, yeah. but yeah, and I was like, dude. I mean. You just you, you baited yourself all these years yeah. into let you let people call you Tyrod. Yeah, but I there's just something not to keep going back to the Browns and on Hard Knocks, but it's just like there's something about that team that it's like it just doesn't look like they're taking it seriously. You know? Yeah, hard, I think Hard Knocks when Hard Knocks is there, it takes a little bit of that seriousness edge off because yeah. you're always kind of trying to put on for the camera. I guess, you know, but like what they were doing last uh, last night, which it was really funny, but. The fact that they were making fun of uh, Jarvis Landry, the guy like being so passionate about people like not wanting to play, they were like kind of making fun, and it was funny, but it was like, you but, know, he was like at least somebody's passionate about it, and like, you know, is trying to get his guys motivated to fucking practice, which should be like second nature. The, the whole point of Jarvis was to, to kind of turn the locker room over as well yeah. as Baker, and and what that's what he does. He goes in the wide receiver room, he gives an amazing speech, yeah. and then on the rookie shows, instead of making fun of something else. They made fun of the Jarvis thing, which yeah. is supposed to – it's like some things don't touch. That should have just lit a fire under everybody's ass. And everybody was saying after it happened, like, that I had listened to, they were like, man, Jarvis Landry, you know, I would want to be teammates with that guy. But the fact that they're kind of poking fun at his, like, you know, him trying to get motivated as, you know, position fellow position players at receiver, it just kind of shows the mentality that's in Cleveland, in my opinion. I could be just, like, a stick in, in the mud on this, but, like, you know – no, I'm completely with you. It's like yeah. Baker's going to turn the locker room around eventually. It may take yeah. a little time. He's probably not going to play a ton this he's year. He's showing flashes rod. for sure. And yeah. it, it, it'll probably be in, in the end like better for him that he's not going to play a whole lot. I, I think a lot of rookie quarterbacks should kind of take that one year, maybe yeah. two year, kind of just waiting yeah. a little bit. And I think that's what's happened a little bit in Clemson right now with Trevor Lawrence. I think that Kelly Bryant, who Ke- Kelly Bryant came out today and said that he thought about transferring this offseason a lot. Wow. And, yeah, he said that he really thought it's about transferring. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so, I mean, you know, you get Kelly B, who's out there. You, you guy you led you to the playoffs, the semifinal game, and you, you lost Alabama. People put too much blame on him for that Alabama loss. I went back and rewatched the game, kind of analyzed I'm, some tape the other night. Yeah. He catches too much blame. Now, he did miss some throws, okay? But get garnered every quarterback is going to miss some throws. The offensive line played bad. There was no pass protection from his running backs. His wide receivers were dropping stuff left and right. And not only that, but – I'm not taking anything away from Deshaun's performance in the year before because Deshaun is – it'll go down. He'll probably be the greatest Clemson player to ever play for us. But Until Trevor. Until Trevor, we'll see. But um, the skill players that were surrounded uh, – that surrounded Deshaun, if you look back at that game, I mean, you've got Mike Williams, uh, Artavis Scott, Jordan Leggett, all pro level. Wayne, Wayne Gallman, the best Wayne pass Gallman. blocking running back I've yes. ever seen play football. And uh, Deion Kane, who was obviously back, and Ray Ray McLeod, who was back. But you look at, and Hunter Renfro, of course, but who were all three back. But you look at the skill players that surrounded uh, Kelly Bryant. Not only, I mean, not only is he subpar compared to Deshaun, but he had a lot less help than uh, Deshaun did. And I, I agree with that. I think his offensive yeah. line was probably not as strong. Dion and Ray Ray never really took the role of being that receiver. Exactly. Yeah. We never had, you know, in the past we've had Nuke, Sammy, Mike, 
Uh, I mean, you know, where's the stop Marte? We've had guy. Well, Marte's didn't really t- step up and take that. I'm the man role. Yeah, but Artavis did it one time too. Artavis the season did before it, you know, the 15 year, 2015. Yeah. Artavis stepped up. He was that guy. Dion and Ray Ray never stepped up and became that guy. Which, and that's what Clemson needed. And was, Dion needed Dion. We needed Dion to step up to be that. You know, the Mike Williams, the leader, the the Jarvis Landry. You know, yeah, the, that that kind of player. But in their defense. You got to think those guys came in as true freshmen. They were getting minutes while all these guys were ahead of them. They didn't have the pressure that they had on them from their senior year. And, and I, I tend to agree with that. I yeah. just think Dion dropped a lot of balls, and he may be great, gr- a great player in the NFL. But his current Clemson, Clemson career will be defined by a little bit of lackluster. You know, just yeah. maybe not a bust per se, but he was a five star. He dro- He just dropped so many balls, man. He just couldn't hold on to the dang ball. And He'd be the first or be, uh, uh, first best or second best receiver on pretty much any other team in the Power Five, I would venture yeah. to say. But you know, when you're coming from Clemson, when you're coming from wide receiver, you you gotta you gotta be great. Exactly, and being yeah. great is the great part. And that's uh, yeah. Kelly Bryant winning the job this offseason, talking about how he wanted to transfer. Him stepping up to the plate and winning that job when a guy behind you who who is actually higher in the Heisman odds on Bavado.com. Yeah, right now he's higher in Heisman odds. He's third. Uh, stepping up to the plate and winning the job is huge for Kelly. He stepped up to the competition. He looked awful in the spring game, but he stepped up. Yeah. He won the competition. Now, Dabo is still adamant in playing. He wants to play two-quarterback system. He wants to do two quarterbacks. I just don't know how it's going to work. I, I, I um, And I've gone back and I've done some research. I, you know, Ryan Perlou, Matt yeah. Flynn. They won a national championship together. But Ryan Perlou was more trouble than he really was worth. Uh, Devin Gardner and Denard Robinson. Not a gr- uh, you know? Yeah. Uh, please don't compare them to them. I don't want that Tarod to happen. Taylor, Sean Glennon. Yeah. Uh, Swoops and uh, Bukili, Bukaki from <laughs> Texas. Yeah. You know, guys like that, That it's it, it, it hasn't worked in the past, so I'm really interested to see how it's going to work and now. We, we, me and uh, me and Graham, it's weird for me still, but uh, me and Graham have talked about it off the air, and it's like the quarter, the position of quarterback is just such a position that – relies so much on getting in a rhythm you know it's like if you're if you're playing the game like a preseason game where this player has this series this player has the next series and then back and forth back and forth back and forth you can't get in a rhythm you know and i just i can't see where it works it's kind of like socialism yeah (laughs) it's like on 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 paper on paper i'm it sounds great but in uh, when it's actually put into effect it never really works yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think that if Kelly goes out there and kind of lays an egg in his first couple uh, drives against Furman, I, I could see him losing the spot by week two. Yeah, my thing with that is that Kelly, I think he's going to – apparently his vertical passing has gotten a lot better. Yeah. But I think it's so tough to improve that part of your game in one offseason. Yeah. If you're not good at vertical passing the season mm-hmm. before, coming back the next season, it's you either are good at vertical passing – and throwing the ball downfield, or you're not. Yeah. To me, that is so hard to improve on. Mm-hmm. It's, that's almost a God-given natural ability, being an accurate quarterback. Right. You know, you you can't really, to me, teach accuracy. You're accurate, you're not. Mm-hmm. You can do all these little things. You can do you can do these little, you know, whatever. But but teaching someone to be an accurate quarterback is so difficult. Yeah. And what Trevor Lawrence has, I went and watched practice. He he is so accurate. You know, guys are running four fours, forties down the field, and he's hitting in full stride. Bold He's track. hitting these guys, yeah. and they're not stopping a beat. Now, Kelly's throwing these balls, and guys are having to turn around, adjust, catch the ball. Not to say he's not going to lead the offense better because Trevor may not be ready, but it's just a little bit of a different vibe. You, 
you know, the receivers yeah. are probably kind of ready to be like, well, Trevor's a better passer, but mm-hmm. Kelly's a better guy and he's a senior. Yeah. And Tony Elliott was on record saying, if that guy's a senior, we'll start him first. Like, he went on record two days ago and said that. So, the whole thing's interesting. I don't think Trevor's going to win the job until we go to Texas A&M. I don't think we want to show our hand to Jimbo. And Trevor may not win the job. Yeah. But from everything on the inside, the media, the coaches, it seems that Trevor, before this year's over, is probably going to have the keys to the car. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I mean, you saying that uh, Kelly was talking about how he was thinking about transferring this offseason, I I'd kind of – I hope that – he wasn't kind of like, you know, if you don't start me, I'm going to transfer kind of thing, like with the coaches. Like, I don't, I don't want, I hope he didn't have to put the coaches into that kind of position, you know, saying like, you know, this, you know, this guy that, who's been great for us. And, you know, because that sucks. Yeah. Is a coach you're like, like, nobody uh, wins in that situation. So, I, I mean, if I was the head coach, I probably would start him too because, you know, he, it's, he's been dealt a really shitty hand, you know, Clemson's been dealt a very great hand, but him personally and his playing chances, they've been dealt a shitty hand because, you know, he's got a once in a generation kind of player, you know, behind him that he's got to try and beat out. And everybody's incredibly excited to see. But, and everybody, you know, it's kind of like next, everything's looking forward. Nobody really remembers that he won us an ACC championship. Nobody really thinks about that he got us to, you know, our third college football playoff. But, you know, at the end of the day. And he's following Deshaun Watson, too. And I mean, he's just, following Deshaun Watson. Like, yeah. So, I the history books may not show Kelly Bryant as being a very memorable quarterback, but it's, you know, he deserves – I think he deserves more. I'll always remember Kelly. Yeah. I just well, – this is a well, – I will – I mean, I remember every quarterback yeah. from, like, 2000, so. But, but I'll always respect Kelly for what he did for Clemson. I mean, yeah, he really did absolutely. do a ton. He came in – and he may go out and win a national championship. You never – you never that's know. What, that's the thing. Is like, yeah. he still may go out and win a championship. Yeah. We, we really don't know yet. So, the Furman game isn't going to be a big test because they're not good. They're running a triple option offense now. The Texas A&M game in College Station is a huge test. Yeah. That is a huge test. Uh, there's some other big tests this weekend as well. I know you're probably sick of hearing about Clemson's stuff. Yeah, down, yeah. But, uh, you know, Auburn and Washington, that's mm-hmm. a big game. Huge. You got Stidham. Playoff implications. You got, you got Stidham on Auburn's side. You, you got, uh, what's his damn name, Washington's quarterback, Jake Browning on the other side. Okay, you, you got two super good quarterbacks. You're probably both going to be in Heisman contention this year. Browning took a little step back last year, but he's back this year. So Browning and Stidham is going to be a great matchup. They're playing in is are they playing in Jerry World? Is that right? Uh, yeah, I think okay. it's in Dallas. Yeah, uh, and then I think the FAU Oklahoma game is really it's it's really appealing. It's Lane Kiffin has Devin Singletary, who's probably going to end up being their best running back in the country this year. Oklahoma's starting Kyler Murray, kind of a new situation. Uh, he you know he's playing baseball. He's already accepted the money and said he's done after this year, which reminds me a lot of the Kyle Parker situation. Oh boy, right? But I mean, Kyle Parker yeah. was twenty touchdowns, twenty home runs. Still, only college football player to ever do that. People forget. Okay, so now you got Kyler Murray who's going to go in there and try to kind of do the same thing. But Kyle Parker played a little lackadaisical. He was scared to get hurt. You got all that money on the line. You don't want to. You yeah. don't want to mess your body up. Took that damn spear in the back at Auburn. At and, Auburn, and I will never. That's one of those plays I'll never forget. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. But it, it's one of those things, like, I, I saw it take it. That spear took everything out of it. Yep. And Kyler Murray takes a big hit. Oklahoma go down. We uh, we actually made a bet on the FAU-Oklahoma game earlier. Yeah, I think it's going to be a three-possession game. but I'm Graham, thinking it stays one possession. Lane Kiffin's too too good of a coach. 
Oh, it's I in Norman, know. too, and I'm yeah. still taking. Dude, I'll take. I, he, they cover the spread, which our spread is 17. I think the actual spread is maybe 22 and a half. Yeah. I think, he cover, I think they cover all day. You, you, I would put my family's house <laughs> on the fact they cover a 17-point spread. I don't want to take your house, man. You don't have to because I'm taking yours. All right. Taking the lake house. <laughs> uh, then you got Louisville and Bama, which isn't – it's interesting – just in the sense Louisville's been good the past couple of years. On paper, it's a kind of a sexy matchup, but I, I don't see Louisville yeah. competing that well. I think Alabama's maybe like a 30-point It's, it's a 28 yeah. or 30. I mean, it's yeah. so crazy, which they may even cover. I think Bobby Petrino's on his way out. Lamar Jackson was kind of his last shebang, yeah. you know, per se. So, I think he's kind of on the way out. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see the ACC do well in that game, but, you know, it's 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 fucking Alabama. Yeah. For, so, you know, I, just, I just don't know how he's going to For lack of a there. better term. Enough college football. Enough, enough of that. Enough of that. I'm just kidding. You can't get enough football. Football, se- yeah. well, football season's back, man. You just, yeah. that, that, that week leading up to it. Just get, it finally it's like Christmas. Gets to, yeah, it really is, man. It's such a good feeling. And I know all you guys out there, you're feeling good. You're feeling it. Right. Uh, what else makes you feel good is when you're watching a game and you've got a guy's voice who is so good. He just gets you right. Yeah. It doesn't matter what sport it is. There's, there's certain guys, you hear them commentate and you hear them during a game. You want the volume up, and you want to listen to everything they have to say. You see them commentate a, a you know a moment, a big moment in sports, and you almost remember the actual moment just as you almost remember the guy's voice as much as you remember the actual moment. You know, it, you you remember the call just as much as what actually happened on the field or on the court, and that's the kind of guys we're talking about. Hey, it, it, to me, it's crazy. I, I'll yeah. let you go first. Who's one of your? We're okay. gonna do three guys. We're we gonna we're gonna alternate. Yeah, or? we'll alternate. We'll go okay. back and forth. I'll here. start. I'll start with. Uh, a legend in his game. It's uh, Brent Musburger. Uh, it's called all kinds of sports. You know that he's just got a an incredible. You know, his voice yeah. just gets you right on a Saturday yeah. night college mm-hmm. game day game. Him and Kurt. He's got that big game voice. You know. Yeah. You know, it's more of an important game when you hear his voice. Yeah. You can just automatically count on him. That game's a big game. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, shout out to AJ McCarron's uh, girlfriend, former girlfriend, now wife. She is a ten, but uh, Catherine Webb absolute <laughs> absolute bona fide ten. But um, yeah, Brent Musburger. I mean, you, I couldn't I couldn't not put him on my list of all time greats because he's absolutely one. Yeah. Uh, my first though, I'm gonna go Bruce Buffer. Uh, I, I think there's nothing better a huge UFC junkie, which we'll get into later. But he's so important in the sport of MMA. You know, he comes out and one of my favorite things. You know, he's he gets everybody hyped before the main main event. Mauricio Shogun, hoo <laughs> When he when, yeah. when when Shogun came out and he did the Mauricio Shogun hua thing, I mean that was my favorite call ever. You know, in the intro music, Bruce Buffer's voice, it's what makes UFC great. Yeah, the UFC is great because of Bruce Buffer, because of the intro music, because of Joe Rogan, yeah, because of formerly Mike Goldberg. Rest in peace and peace to Mike Goldberg. He's now at Bellator. Sad. Yeah. But, yeah, Bruce Buffer is definitely number one on my list. A lot of these guys that we're talking about, it's like they, they call it on the big stage. Like, they, they give it the the quote-unquote big fight feel. You know, yeah. it's like a, a figure of speech that, used, that is used a lot about these kind of games and these kind of sporting events. But these guys can handle that moment, and they feel right at home. Their voices feel right at home in those kind of situations. I'll let you go number two. All right, number two, I'm going uh, an NBA commentator, an all-time great, Marv Albert. I mean, what can you say about him? He's just got that New York. Yeah, he's got that voice that you know he just he just radiates greatness. You know, his his calls just are so memorable. 
I uh, can't get enough of his voice. Yeah, I'm a big Marvin Albert guy as well. Yeah. I mean, he's just he's he's an NBA. You hear his yeah. voice, you know it's a big game feel. Maybe it's the playoffs. Maybe it's a regular season game in the guard. You know, in, in mm-hmm. MSG, like it just doesn't matter. Yeah, Marv Albert's there for a big game. So I'm gonna actually go at two NBA. I'm gonna go co-tie between two NBA guys. I'm gonna go Kevin Harlan and Mike Breen. Now Mike Breen's bang. Yeah, you can't get enough bang. <laughs> Kevin Harlan is the late night West Coast games most of the time, and when I'm staying up to watch the West Coast games, I I cannot get enough of Kevin Harlan's voice. Yep. I, when he's commentating a game, it's a great NBA feel. It's it, it's just a big. It's more important when Kevin Harlan's calling a game. I want to listen to his commentary. I want to listen to everything Kevin Kevin Harlan has to say. I, Mike Breen's more of like a on the call bang guy. He's play by play and colors okay, but Kevin Harlan's great all around the entire game. Although Mike Breen probably is a little bit. His call with the bang is a little yeah. better. Yeah. With no regard for human life, that's Harlan. <laughs> and that's a good call. Yeah. I'll let you go three, though. Kevin Harlan also on 2K, and so he's iconic for that as well. Uh, my last uh, my last one is more of a personal favorite of mine. Uh, these guys that we've mentioned all before, a lot of people would agree with. But my last pick is uh, Jim Ross from WWE calling uh, Monday Night Raw and uh, WrestleMania, all those big-time uh, wrestling matches. I grew up a wrestling fan, still am a wrestling fan, still consider myself a wrestling fan. So Jim Ross is uh, forever etched in my childhood, his voice. you know, Everybody knows him from uh, Mankind getting thrown off the cell uh, by Undertaker. Uh, Good God Almighty, he's broken in half as God is my witness. Everybody will, that's, who, that's that guy who, that, for those who don't know. Big WWE guy. Yeah, big WWE guy. But yeah, Jim Ross, he's a, uh, he's a legend. I'm going to go Vern Lundquist as my last guy. I love Mike Tirico, but I've got to go Vern Lundquist over Mike Tirico. Uh, Vern, you know, if it's from golf on a Sunday to very relaxing to SEC football on a Saturday, yeah. Vern is the best of both worlds. He can do both of those just great. And, and here's, you know, we're kind of leaving out Gus Johnson, guys that are yeah. great. Yeah. But, but, but these three, to me, are the ones that can be the most right. And I love Gus Johnson's voice. Mm-hmm. Article coming soon about the top ten commentators in sports. Yeah. So are the best voices in sports. But yeah, I, I'm Vern. Just the feel of a Saturday afternoon college football SEC game. You can hate on the SEC all you want. Their football games are a little bit more important. You know, three thirty, four fifteen. So yeah, huge Vern Lundquist. And shout out to his uh, performance in Happy Gilmore as well. He was the commentator in Happy Gilmore. I mean, how how well versed is <laughs> what this a guy? shot by Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Who the hell is Happy Gilmore? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Vern's a guy for the people. Yeah. You know, another guy for the people, moving on, but this is a people's person, is Teddy Bridgewater. And today, Teddy Bridgewater was traded to the New Orleans Saints after his – he played good for the Jets this past preseason. That's kind of breaking news, too. Yeah, that's been, pretty big. Some people may not know that. So, Teddy Bridgewater to the Saints. The Jets got a third-round pick in return. Sam Darnold starting for the Jets announced today. So, I think Teddy maybe sits two years behind Drew Brees, but Drew Brees, as he deteriorates, they've got their guy in Teddy Bridgewater, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, Drew Brees is 39, 40 years old. Like, Father Time's going to catch up. Yeah. It always does. So, I'm I'm really curious to see how Teddy plays in New Orleans. We may not really – we may kind of forget about it unless, you know, Drew Brees goes down, uh, God forbid, but – we may not hear about it for the next couple of years, but just keep in mind, Teddy, uh, back in Drew Brees, backing up one of the all-time greats. You, I, I told Graham off the uh, off the air. I was like, this could save the, this could save his career. You know, getting this time as a backup quarterback, learning under Drew Brees, like I, I could definitely see it saving his career. I think it's totally because he's got the talent. 
I, I truly believe he's got the talent to make it work. But From going to his leg almost being amputated yeah. in practice to, to being traded for a third-round pick to the New Orleans Saints from the Jets, the Vikings gave him another shot. He just had a roller coaster of the past two years. He's just, and and I'm, I'm hoping New Orleans' body comes back in. Yeah, he, like uh, kind of what I was saying about Kelly Bryant, he's just been kind of dealt a shitty hand ever since he's gotten to the NFL. Um, I truly do believe he's got the talent, and so we'll just have to see what happens. It's really exciting, though. Yeah, I'm really pumped to watch Teddy yeah. play. The Saints are going to be good this year regardless. Oh, yeah. Up-and-coming superstar. Now, that's, that's is, is a big word. Every sport needs a superstar. UFC, without Conor McGregor, John Jones, those guys didn't fight for a couple years. I feel like they may. A little lackadaisical on superstars. Yeah. Darren Till. Enter Darren Till. Dan fucking Till. He's a guy from Liverpool. Liverpool. Just beat Stephen Thompson this summer. He was stabbed in the back multiple times when he lived in Liverpool. Moved to Brazil. Uh, trained in Brazil for four years. Had a couple kids in Brazil. So now he's working to pay off child support. Or maybe not. I don't know how Brazil <laughs> child support works. But if it's like America, he's probably going to have to pay some yeah. to the Brazilians. Yeah. Uh, maybe not as much in American dollars. But either way, Darren Till, Tyron Woodley fight coming up September 9th? 8th. 8th. Yeah. Okay, so about two weeks from today, eight, nine, ten days, something like that. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and bet the farm on Darren Till. The UFC needs a superstar. Yeah, I know you're. You kind of lean towards Woodley. I just, I'm still the jury's not out in my opinion on Darren Till quite yet. I don't think he's quite there. He could very easily prove me wrong. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not betting the farm on, uh, on Tyrone here. But Tyrone's just like him or not, he's an established name in that weight class. Like he's. He's been the guy for them for a long time. Uh, he's ha- handily beaten Wonderboy, um, who's our hometown guy. We, it's no secret we love uh, Stephen Thompson. So take Jaeger bon- take Irish car bombs with him at Conley. Hell yeah! I mean, he's our local. He's a local superstar. Just super guy as well. Like yeah. th- I mean, and uh, the fact the fact that Stephen still took that fight against Darren Till, like in his hometown, even with Darren missing weight, like you know, it just it says a lot about Stephen, but. I mean, this isn't a Stephen Thompson fight. This is a Darren Till, Tyron Woodley fight. But I, I think this is going to be a really close fight. I think it's going to be, unfortunately, I think it's going to be a little bit bo- on the boring side. I hope I'm wrong, but in the end of the day, I think it's going to go to the scorer's table and uh, Woodley's going to win. If it goes five rounds, which I don't think is going to happen, I think Darren Till is not going to fight this conservatively at all. I think he's going to come out swinging like a mofo. Uh, Tyron's been too conservative. His path, his, was it Damian Maya he defended his title against? Twice against Steven. Three fights that have been considered the most boring fights in UFC history. Damian Maia, actually, the least strikes ever done in a UFC match was Damian Maia Tyron Ridley. I mean, it's in a close second has to be that second fight uh, against Steven. I mean, that yeah. was an incredibly boring fight. So they're ready to, to me to phase kind of, to kind of phase Tyron out. And, yeah. You know, I think Till might be the guy to do that. He's big. Darren the, Darren the Gorilla Till. I'm a fan, man. Yeah. His whole story's cool. I still think Steven probably beat him in Liverpool, but it was in Liverpool. Yeah. And he has climbed up the ranks really fast. He may not be ready, but he's so powerful. If he catches Woodley, it's over. Yeah. If that fight is over, it's done. It's over. Darren Till is a new superstar in the UFC. If he does, if he does, you know, beat Woodley, and more than likely if he does beat him, it'll be by a TKO or a knockout. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a superstar-making win right there. Absolutely. And Brian Ortega is another guy that's coming up, superstar. Yeah. So UFC's got some guys that are coming up. They're going to be superstars. Darren Till is the guy right now. We need Darren Till to be that guy. Need it. Okay. 
We need it. Need make it real UFC bad. great again. Yeah, that's a make UFC. I'm all in on that. Make UFC great again <laughs> stuff because it needs more viewers. It does. Fantasy football. Oh yeah, that's it's that topic. time of year once again. You, 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 you're, you're starting to hear about all your friends' leagues. People are showing you their rosters. You don't care yeah. about like, hey, yeah. man, you think I drafted a good team? I don't care. Like, yeah. stop showing me that, man. Like, I don't want to see your damn team. And not Shut only up. that, but like, unless you just completely don't know what the fuck you're doing, like, more than like, it's like there's no way to tell whether you drafted a good team or not you, you until don't know the season until, starts. Until week 15, week yeah. 14, you're in the playoffs, you drafted a good yeah. team. Yeah. Okay. That's oh, and then there's the guy that's well, if my whole team wasn't injured, I would have won it. I would have won. But my whole team got that injured. was kind of you last year, so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> well, two years ago, I went three for three on championships. <clears throat> last year, over six. Mic drop. Yeah, so bada bing, bada boom, I am a fantasy guru. All right. But this segment, we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite fantasy players of all time. You know, fantasy players catch you in a weird sentimental spot. Yeah. You fall in love with a guy that gets you 40, 40 a game or 40 twice a year, and he's averaging like 30 a game. Those guys don't come around a lot. But there's certain guys that just, God, man, they're so important to your fantasy, and you fall in love with them. Yeah. So I'm going, to let you, I'm going to let you start here with some guys you've fallen in love with. Well, uh, I'm going to say two that I uh, fell in love with. The first, you never forget your first. And my first was uh, Sean Alexander. Uh, the year before he was on Madden, I think it was Madden 07, and then he just completely disappeared. But that year that he got on the cover of Madden, he was, he was my guy, my go-to guy, like for points. He, he had an incredible season for the Seahawks that year. Um, but yeah, he was, he was my first big time, like point getter for me. And so you, you always remember, you know, your first. So, and, uh, ironically enough, my uh, second guy is my most recent big time point getter. Uh, this past year I had Deandre Nuke Hopkins, uh, just because he's from Clemson. I know I'm a little biased, but, um, I was in the championship of my league and, uh, I ultimately won the league by close to two points. So and um, in the last game of the season, uh, Nuke caught the arguably the best catch of the entire season when he uh, made that made that grab in the corner of the end zone um, in a game that didn't really matter, but it was still heralded heralded as the best catch of the season. So and uh, so when I look at that catch, I'm like, man, if he doesn't catch that incredible catch, I probably lose that game. So thanks to Nuke Hopkins, and yeah. uh, fuck you, Parker. Okay, so this good deal. Uh, I'm going to go with two guys. Uh, weird, both from the Cleveland Browns. Now I That is weird. I could have picked three from the Cleveland Browns. I may go three. Uh, Josh Gordon. Uh, his season where he had more, I think, more yards than Calvin Johnson. In Calvin Johnson's prime, my own brother traded me Ronnie Hillman for Josh Gordon before the <laughs> season started. I don't think Ronnie Hillman got 30 touches that season. Oh, my God. And Josh God. Gordon had, like, one of the greatest, greatest receiving years in the history of the NFL. Yeah. So, that was huge. I won the league that year. I had Jamal Charles. I had the Kansas City defense. Like, it was just a crazy year overall for me. That was, like, my first ring. and Your first ring. First <laughs> ring in a while. You know, and obviously now I'm kind of a certified, you know, yeah. Tom Brady. He's established. Football. Yeah. But back then, Josh Gordon was my first guy. And another guy years before, I didn't win the league that year, but Peyton Hillis. Peyton Hillis, dude. Peyton Hillis, one-year wonder to Another the Madden cover. Madden cover, one-year wonder guy. It doesn't even make sense. I had two Peyton Hillis jersey tees. He has one of the strangest, most – Unorthodox NFL careers ever. slash stories ever. He was like a 1,200-yard rusher one season. The next season, he's gone. <laughs> Just know? like, is he even still alive? Like, I, I, can I, we get verification that he's still alive? I, th- I say we send him an email, come on podcast. I, I say we get paid notes on the podcast and be like, hey, man, how does it feel to be a 1,200-yard rusher and then never rush again? <laughs> never get another touch in the N- NFL. Like, it doesn't make sense. His career was so short and swift, and like he was on the Madden cover, for God's sakes. 
he was on Madden. I think it was twelve. Yeah, he was on. I mean, that's incredible. Maybe like, t- no, I think Matt. Yeah, maybe it was twelve. I don't know for certain, but might um, have been ten or 11. it doesn't matter. I mean, you think about the like company he's got as a Madden cover cover athlete. Larry Fitzgerald, Troy Polamalu, yeah, Michael Calvin Vick. Johnson. I, come on, man. I mean, the it, list goes on and on. But, and Peyton Hills is the one outlier in that group. Yeah, but also Derek Anderson from the Browns. He led them to a 9-7 and seven season. They sh- barely missed the playoffs. He was my quarterback all year, and like I drafted him in like the third round next year, and he sucked. But that year, that, that year, year, man. That year. That year when they went 9-7, and seven, Derek Anderson was a god amongst men. He was, the, he was the golden Oregon State guy with a nasty goatee that was ready to lead you to the promise <laughs> That land. shit was gnarly. He, yeah, he, <laughs> gnarly's a good word. So yeah. Derek Anderson will be a guy. Three Browns players engraved forever in my mind. You as fantasy, you'll never hear that again, that's for sure. Yeah, fantasy superstars are three Browns guys. Yeah. Maybe I'm riding the Brown wave a little too hard right now, but I, I'm all in on the Browns. There we go. Which people complain a lot about the Browns. Yeah. You know, they always Browns. It's easy to complain, complain about them. But here's what we have for you. It's a weekly segment we do called Complain of the Week. Well, Complain it's more of, of a, a bi-monthly, bi-yearly yeah, segment at this, at this point. Yeah, at this point it is bi-monthly. <laughs> but Complain of the Weeks are something that you always want to hear about. They're always interesting. They always get you right. Yeah. So uh, you go ahead. Your Complain of the Week. My Complain of the Week is when you're playing pickup basketball with, like, you know, a bunch of guys that are taking it really seriously. And then, like, a dad comes in. And he's like, hey, can me and my son uh, come in on the next one? And you're just like, oh, my God. It just takes the whole... The whole gym like goes down like two or three levels, like because you can't take it seriously like with a little kid playing. You know, it's just that's so annoying when that shit happens. And everybody who's played pickup basketball knows what I'm talking about. It's the worst thing ever. Yeah, you've got your basketball shoes on, you've been stretching, shooting, you're hitting lights out, and yeah. some old man like you're playing with guys that have maybe played in college or high school. Like it's an intense game, and a yeah. guy, old man comes along, he's like. I just, you know, Tommy wants to play. He's, he's nine years old. He he can almost shoot it. You he know, can almost shoot he it. He can almost score a basket. Yeah. Uh, you serious? Yeah. This What's is- even more demoralizing is like when you have to, like, if there's nobody else to guard and you have to guard the kid. <laughs> that That is arguably even worse than him actually playing. Like, you having to guard him. Could you, do you take it seriously or do you not? You can't. I mean, I don't know. Because at that point, it's, like, it's kind of like playing a girl. Shot? It's kind of like playing a girl. Like, yeah. oh, you let a kid score on you? Well, if you block him, you're like, really, man? You blocked a kid? Like, it's a lose lose situation. Hey, let's go spin zone for a second. Imagine the kids, if Air Bud was real, imagine the kids on the opposing sidelines, parents. Like, Air Bud, like, <laughs> my, my, my kid's out here getting scored on by a golden retriever. Yeah, all right, that's worse. What are you doing, Johnny? You, you letting Air Bud score three on you. He's dunking on you. He's a dog. You know, I mean, come on, man. Like, the kids in Air Bud's parents. He literally like, had to bite at the ball for it. To, yeah. That was his shot. He bit at the ball. I mean, come on. Yeah. The Air Bud's kids' parents have got to be, like, that's not even my complaint of the week. That's just the whole, the philosophy yeah. behind Air Bud is just amazing. Like, that's these a, kids are getting beat by a golden retriever. Yeah, that was a worthy tangent right there that we needed to go on. So my complaint of the week is actually uh, it's based towards Instagram models. We'll put models in quotations. Yeah, quote unquote. Um, I just I can't stand it. A girl gets 400 likes, 2000 followers, and it's like they've got to post themselves. They don't want to post anybody with them. They're they're quote unquote Instagram models. It's like, well, I can't do that nine to five. With, I'm with not, nothing on either, like it's always yeah. like a really sexy shot, which or, uh, which I have no problem with. And then I love it. Yeah, personally, I love it. Yeah, but I hate it to say I'm like, yeah. stop. <laughs> There's a father somewhere that cares about you. He doesn't want you not wearing any clothes. Ugh. He doesn't want you ber- berating around, calling yourself an Instagram model. Yeah, you're not. You're you're working at the local bar. You know, 
get the, get out of here. You're working at some dive bar, talking. <laughs> you're telling your people you're an Instagram model. No, the worst ever is like when it's like a really sexy picture, like of them in a bikini, like on the beach or something, and like the caption's like thinking about pizza or something like that. Oh, that is just like it's like trying to be no, so bitch, basic. No, you're not. Like get, get out of you here. You haven't had pizza in like ten years. That, that nothing makes me more like I just can't stand the whole basis behind Instagram models. Yeah. I mean, I should get famous. Yeah. Get out of here. I, just You've had a viral fa- tweet by now. Like, yeah. Oh, people forget. People forget. Go I check did, it out. I had one viral tweet. Yep. It, was, it was about a twitical, twi- political, twitical, political tweet blocker, and it got 4,400 likes and over 700 retweets. So my first my first viral tweet. Humble brag. Uh, as, as I that earlier, said earlier, you always remember your first one. That's right. And I'll never forget that, baby. <laughs> the first of many. For, yeah, we're just we're growing every day, man. That's right. Podcast, the brand, you know. We're, we're, we're so now moving on, we're talking about growing, grow, 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 grow. The Real Brother Hall of Fame is only going to continue to get bigger, and only more real brothers, and only more guys you'd want to slug yeah. beers with yeah. at four a.m. So, so this week we've got two big ones, and I'm going to let you take this. is This is your segment. Well, You're genius. I this. texted him really drunk the other night, and I was like, "Can we add fictional characters to the Real Brother Hall of Fame?" And he said yes. And my mind immediately went to for any Game of Thrones fans out there. By the way, we have a nerd cast on the uh, seventh season. Go check that out. But the two Real Brother Hall of Famers, Ned Stark and Robert Baratheon from the first book or first season, like the patriarch of the Baratheon family and the patriarch of the Stark family. Those guys were real fucking brothers. I mean, Graham Graham has been watching from the beginning, so he knows better than anybody probably. But like these guys, like Robert got his girl taken. Ned was like, I back you up 100%. We're going to war. And they fucking went to war, and they backed each other up to the very end. Even though they died on some bullshit, like they they had each other's back at all times. Cersei's a thought, first off. Yeah, no one's ever said that. Cersei's a thought. Let's just Cersei start. is a thought. So she makes me mad. Ned went to bat. Ned, Ned batted for Rob. Like yeah. And when the prequels come out, when they do these prequels, I think yeah. they're going to have a Robert Trebellion prequel season. I hope to God. I mean, and I think it's going to show even more how how real brother Ned and Rob really yeah. were. Like and, and like the, you already know that they're like the closest connection ever. But yeah. Well, like, they, they both had a reason to go to war, like, with, because uh, Rhaegar took Ned's sister, and, and then Robert was betrothed to her. Not, all right, we're getting too nerdy. We're, we're going to get too yeah. nerdy, but, but. <laughs> if you haven't seen Game of Thrones, go check it out. You'll know what we're talking about. Those guys are real brothers to the very end, and uh, they are truly missed. And the Real Brother Hall of Fame will live on forever. Yeah. We're going to continue to do the Real Brother Hall of Fame. If you have any suggestions, shoot me a DM, an email, yes. a text. At Johnny Rombos on Twitter. We've made it pretty clear what a real brother, what it takes to become a real brother. So just let us know what your uh, opinions on. So peep the Real Brother Hall of Fame. We hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm going to play another song of my cousins after this because you've already heard one after the intro. Oh, yeah. We hope you enjoy it. Go check out Burt Ferguson on Twitter and or on YouTube. Pardon my French. And Hunt Dad, what is your Twitter? Big Hunt 21. And go check out Big Hunt 21 on Twitter. Go give him a follow right now. So we hope you enjoy the episode. Enjoy this song.
Showed you what your heart can see. 